What's up to all the sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening to Spoiler Alert. I am not Johnny Destructo, the normal host who's taking a much-deserved, well-earned, just sweet, wonderful vacation. Um, So together, Brian and I are going to attempt to compensate for his absence. We will likely fail. Mm. However, don't turn it off right away because it's heat. I I would feel bad. And give it like... An hour or an hour plus yeah. until you turn it off. I mean, we that don't get great. good. Yeah, we don't yeah, get yeah, good yeah, yeah. until probably we, we hit our stride at like the fifty-five minute mark. I would say that's when the real gold is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But don't <laughs> skip ahead because no, I, it, it, I, the buildup is very yeah. important to the real gold. Also, your iPhone is locked. Don't touch it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, as I said before, my name is Noel. Joining me today is Brian. Brian Lieb. Oh my goodness! Hi. Hi, Brian. Hi. Have we ever, have we ever revealed your last name on the podcast before? I yeah, actually. Well, it's implied when I give my website <laughs> and spell it. <laughs> Do you mean Brian Lieb Design? Brian Lieb Design dot com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I'll I'll uh, probably spell it later on in the show. <laughs> <laughs> of uh, we are recording here in person on location at mm. Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located in Maniunk, a neighborhood in Philadelphia, PA. Mm. Um, I don't know the address by heart because I usually just walk here. I uh, take don't know it by heart, but I park. drive here, and I just know the know the area, so you just come yeah. here. Uh, I don't. Is if, the address necessary? I mean, this no, is the not age really. Of, not uh, really. Um, I yeah. I feel like you could just type in Johnny Destructors Hero Complex. Also, yeah. too, if if um, JD is rec- like going to be editing this, could we could just he could just plop it in right it in here in his voice. I mean, just like right, right here, forty three twenty seven Main Street, right now. All right, it thank you is. for the address, JD. <laughs> 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA. Oh, it would have been better if you just left us hanging. Um, so I, I do have to admit, uh, before we get into this week's books, um, we did have a letter, however, uh, from Pink Apocalypse. However, it's such, like, when he shared the letter, we all started, like, discussing. DJD. Yeah, when JD yeah, yeah. Just, uh, shared the letter, we all started discussing it already, immediately. Mm-hmm. And then when it turned into not all of us being able to be on the show today, I feel like well, maybe we should have this conversation with a larger group. Yeah, it's, it's a general like it doesn't it's not uh, yeah. it doesn't apply to like this so, week's books or anything, and it's a general discussion. It'd be cool to talk about as a group. Exactly, it's yeah, an evergreen yeah. conversation about continuity that yeah. I think everyone wants to chime in on. So we'll right. we'll put it in our back pocket, indeed, and get it ready to go. But so instead of a letter, hmm. um, how about we do a uh, Brian? Yeah. Uh, what you up to? Oh, I'll tell you what. I was watching the Batwoman premiere, mm. um, which I believe you saw as well. I also watched it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What do you? I, I feel like if if uh, normal listeners would probably mm-hmm. know your emotional connection to the CW universe, indeed, and yeah. you know DC live action <laughs> stuff in general. You know, yeah. like uh, it is a DC live action thing which I enjoy. So I'm like, oh, yeah. sweet. Good or bad, you're always there. I and am. I appreciate and that. You yeah. know, because one of the things I like is the characters, right? So yeah. it's like, eh, if it's a so-so episode of whatever, just like if it's a so-so issue of whatever, mm-hmm. it's like, 
Well, Green Lantern was still in it. Well, Flash was still in it. You know, that kind of thing. You're ride or die, live action DC. Uh, Television. 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 Um, yeah, or I'll still probably still enjoy the I mean, movies I'm, on some level, you know, am, whichever it is. I, I love the CW universe. However, I never feel compelled to watch all of it. So oh, like yeah. I have, I have over time, like, um, I watched the first four seasons of Arrow, mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Then mm-hmm. just started petering off. I got, I got into mm-hmm. the habit of like watching the first five episodes <laughs> and then you realize, well, the whole middle of the season doesn't necessarily matter till they get back to the big bad, and right. then you catch up again. Like, <laughs> and then I'll watch the last five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I started doing that with Arrow. The only one that I still watch all the way through is Flash. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's Flash in it. Yeah, Legends <laughs> I only saw during um, crossovers mm-hmm. after the f- second season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm like the only one that really did like what they did with Vandal Savage. Oh, like, I liked that it. Was, I, yeah, I, everyone I complained it. about it. Like, we need a better bad guy. I'm like, it's Vandal Savage. It yeah, was Vandal Savage. I thought Vandal Savage was awesome. I thought that season, like, I agreed with their own criticisms of like, well, we kind of felt compelled to always be doing something with Vandal Savage, but it never could come to fruition until the very end. Like all that stuff. Yeah. But I thought he, the yeah. character, was very. Cool. I mean, I I don't remember ever seeing this in live action before, where they actually had and using time travel like that, where they had mm. to defeat the same person over and in over. three yeah. different time periods. It's a really at the interesting. Same time. Idea. Like that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um anyway. Um, uh but every the beginning of every season I get excited. I've never I've never seen Black Lightning, unfortunately. I started I watched only the first season of, of Supergirl. I'm mm-hmm. like, so I'm like a Fairweather fan that appreciates mm-hmm. it more than enjoys it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always tune in for the crossovers and I always kind of start the season. So I did give Batwoman a shot. Mm. That was mm-hmm. a long way of saying I gave Batwoman a shot. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Um <laughs> and uh and what did you think about it? Um it was a pilot. Yeah. I I felt very similarly. Yeah. It was a pilot and it was clearly a pilot with all of the like uh annoyances and forgivenesses <laughs> that come with a pilot. Yeah. You know, it's I, like, well, they got to set stuff up, you know, I, that kind I, of thing. Yeah, I I mean, we've seen enough television to know like Okay, I see what they're trying to do. This mm. is that like almost all pilots are usually rushed. Like pilots mm. have um the curse of being rushed and or mm-hmm. the curse of being completely front loaded and overloaded with special effects and awesomeness that oh, yeah. either the next either yeah, either you yeah, don't yeah. want to get to the next episode or the next episode <laughs> is a cliff <laughs> because they wasted or spent so much on the right, pilot, right. right? Um so I mean it's got its forgivens. Um uh, what do you think of her? What do you think of, of Kate Kane? I loved her in that role. I mean, she was awesome. I've never seen her in anything before. Ruby Rose? Yeah. Uh, I've seen, yeah, um, she's, 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 she is, I don't know how good of an actress she is, hmm. but she is always incredibly interesting to watch. Yeah. Like, she has so I don't the mind, best you know, kind like, of presence. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed her presence. I liked her kind of, like, demeanor, like, her attitude on screen, I thought was, like, just really enjoyable and really good fit for that role. Um, you know she she plays a good like person who could be Batwoman, mm-hmm. and uh, you were saying like she's not a big brute force kind yeah. of person. I I couldn't um, help but think so when I was watching the episode, I couldn't help but think. So, um, the last thing I saw her in was um John Wick two, John Wick chapter two. She was mm-hmm. one of she was one of the other assassins that's just after John Wick. Mm-hmm. She's like one of the two big bads, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that she that that character was played was more of almost like a um. 
uh, a sneak attack, a silent kind of ninja style where hmm. it was it was all about like um, creative fighting hmm. as opposed to her just kind of being a brute hmm. force and and, bot- and and hip throws and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So when that's kind of the fight style for this show, which I know it's a pilot, so they probably hmm. really rushed the choreography. Mm-hmm. But when that was when they had her doing the same kind of stuff that you'd see like Stephen Amell doing, mm-hmm. I was like, well, it's it doesn't really fit her how her style maybe should be. Mm-hmm. It would be I just thought that it would be interesting if they um, approached this version of Catwoman in Batwoman. almost like a di- Batwoman. Sorry, Batwoman <laughs> in a it's, that always had trouble Different saying animal. Batwoman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in a. I don't know. I, I guess I was just hoping for something a little bit more nuanced for her explicitly mm. because she's such an interesting character. Fighting style. Kate Kane. Yeah, fighting style. Because right, right, right. Kate Kane is such an interesting character. Mm. She was out training in the Antarctic with uh, with true. some like shaman at yeah. the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So does she also still have the same CrossFit regimen as, as everyone else on the CW? <laughs> or does she have like a different set of skills, which mm. I actually. I, I, Stopped myself halfway through the episode, and I was just like, I wish she fought different. I don't mm. know why. I usually never think that, but I was mm. just like, I wish she fought different. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, that's something I've thought about Batman and Batman characters in general mm-hmm. for a long time. Like, like Batman should be an, a parkour expert. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it has never really been done on screen. A little bit in um, Batman v Superman. That was um, the best part I of that he, movie. Yeah, was like Batman's fighting style. Um, it was every fighting style, yeah. was, which was great. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. classic Batman. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I so I didn't notice that. I didn't think about that. And and of course, also it is like her first time out, and she Again, was like falling pilot. through roofs and stuff. Pilot. And, and, yeah, also did yeah, like yeah. the uh, when a pilot is filmed, it's usually like six months to a year before the actual show gets filmed, and right. it's done really fast. Right, right. So, yeah. No, yeah, ma- yeah. maybe maybe the second episode is going to be a little bit more lived in and fleshed mm. out. Uh, this well, they won't have to, to introduce everybody exactly. that you see. This was enough to um, kind of uh, wet my whistle. I will say, mm. before we move on to the comics, though, I did, wasn't expecting to see Doug Ray Scott. Doug Ray Scott. Oh, yeah. The he was father. Awesome. I, every time I see him, um, I think of him as the villain in Mission Impossible 2, which is an awful movie that's so fun to watch. Don't recall it well, although I did see it. And when I said he was awesome, for some reason I was thinking of the guy that plays Luke Fox. I mean, Doug oh, Ray Scott was also good, but uh, I was more excited about that. Right. Luke Fox, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't expect to see Batman, uh, and there uh, he's a lot older than I thought he would be. But I wonder this timeline seems to match up pretty well with Superman in Supergirl's timeline. Uh, they are on different Earths right now, but there's also a Batman on that Earth. Um, is there a Batman on the Supergirl Earth that they talk about? It's been really heavily implied. They they haven't the... said it outright. Oh no, actually, I think in Elseworlds they did pretty much say it outright. That's when Supergirl meets Batwoman, she's like, "Oh, my my cousin oh. is friends with your cousin." Oh, um, that's oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, also, yeah. I do I do remember last year when they did the the Elseworlds crossover. Um, Arrow being a little like butthurt about it. Yeah, like, like I'm the. I mean, I Batman's a myth. I'm the first. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, buddy. Which like, is a good way to get <laughs> that <laughs> into continuity too. That like if you want to retcon something yeah. like that, yeah, uh, it's pretty solid. Uh, all right, um, I think we we've, oh, we've uh, probably. I just really enjoyed one oh. other moment when uh, when she tries to go through the door after she saves Sophie. And she tries oh, to leave, that's right, and that's she opens right. it up, and it's locked. <laughs> or she tries to open it, it's locked. And she gives this little, like, partial smile, <laughs> self-effacing, and, like, unlocks it and, and walks out. 
and it was different than something Batman would do. Oh, it that's like, right. makes it her own a little bit, and I really enjoyed that moment. You know what? You're, the, thank you for reminding <laughs> me. That was really, really funny. Yeah. Like, after all of this crazy, impossible stuff happens, she goes to walk out a door and it's locked, and she's yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was actually really, really, it was, it was incredibly endearing. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then takes off, and yeah, it was, it was very cool. All right, so um, I think we'll. What do you say? Since we just had yes. a very long conversation about DC, right. and DC properties, yes, we just go ahead and start talking about DC Comics because Let's there's a it. bunch this week that we want to talk well, about. I think it would be best if it was like specifically Batman, just specifically Batman, Batman related universe stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's. <laughs> Let's start with The Batman's Grave, number oh, one of 12. Sweet. There's one available. I know. <laughs> All right. Written by Warren Ellis, uh, with art by Brian Hitch and Kevin Nolan. Previews has to say this. The world's greatest detective must try to inhabit the mind of a murder victim to solve a case without filling the empty grave next to those of his parents. Hmm. Can Batman imagine a life of a corpse with a half-eaten face without dying himself? Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch, one of the most legendary creative partnerships of the modern age, reunite in this maxi-series about life, death, and the questions most are too afraid to ask. Uh. So, Brian, what did you think about this book? Um, it was good. I'm pulling oh, up my physical is... copy because I'm a physical nerd. And I, and I, for a minute, had to remember which of the different Batman stories this was. I was One of, like, 17 through. Batman comics this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really liked it. I liked the uh, idea of him getting into that mindset um i thought was was pretty well represented uh, and on the page you know i liked his like transition uh mentally to being in the mindset of the victim of this crime and you see him kind of go from well explicitly go from like the outfit that he's in to the yeah, they... victim's outfit and then he's more and more in that position and i thought that was a, a cool way to portray that happening in his mind yeah they do a lot of um uh, a lot of like uh, I, I don't want to say augmented reality because now in storytelling per- terms that's an actual thing. So I mean more like um, like a, a shifted perspective, but the the audience gets to see what he's thinking as opposed to just him talking it through. Right. So yeah, like you know, Batman is on a crime scene and all of a sudden he's wearing the victim's clothes, but that's mainly just for the audience. This is the kind of like thought process. Right. I think it's just in his mind, which is really really cool. Yeah, well, and even, like, at the end when he's like, how long have I been thinking? Yeah. I mean, it was longer than he realized, which substantiates the idea that he's, uh, we are sort of lost in his in his mind, in his mental processes. I um I really dug, I, I don't remember the last time, have you, have, has Warren ever, ever, Ellis ever taken on Batman for any long period of time for anything? I don't remember reading any I Warren Ellis of. Batman. Um, I have not read a lot of Warren Ellis in general. His, no, you've never, you've never read this legendary team's. Claim to uh, fame, the authority. I have read a little bit of the authority. Ah. Um, he was always he's uh, he's writes a different kind of thing than the kind of thing that I am usually looking for. You mean um, ho- not hopeful? Yeah, that's a yeah. lot of it, <laughs> probably. Yeah. yeah, or just like gritty and and kind of dark. Um, which is not to say that there are not gritty and kind of dark stories that I really like, but maybe even a little real world for me, even though he's mm-hmm. dealing with like superheroes like. Oh, it's more realistic if they're dicks to each other. Maybe it's not. He, but, he, he does like um, uh, um, earned or not. Uh, Warren Ellis does have a little bit of a um, claim to fame of of you know mucking up his his mm. protagonists. Right. Oh, um, now New Universal though was awesome. And I he wrote, hardly I remember Universe. Um, New Universal. I can't even say it. Star Brandon. Yeah. I don't know if he always did that. Like if he did the original versions. I don't I think know. so. 
might have been Jim Starlin, but um, the one that he did sometime in the 2000s, it was on, or they was doing it like either on or shortly after Lost, mm -hmm. and I remember because one of them was like pretty clearly drawn as Sawyer. And I was like, oh, it's Sawyer from Lost. Uh, so it's oh, that time I remember area. that. You remember that? Yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was uh, uh, Salvador La Roca. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, not soon after that, he started drawing um, Invincible Iron oh, Man. Oh, okay. And <laughs> Tony Stark looks like Sawyer from Lost. Oh, really? Yeah. It so was, it's just that swipe that he does. Yeah, he just, just does just, Sawyer from just Lost. Just right. Sawyer from Lost. <laughs> When he um, did Black Widow, and Black Widow looks like Sawyer <laughs> from Lost, it was good. Um, I have been—I've actually been reading a lot of Warren Ellis lately. Um, I fell into the wild storm, <laughs> ah. literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, and this, like, um, tonally is very similar, like taking these superhero tropes and kind of uh, filtering them through gritty procedural. Mm -hmm. So it's um, this is a voice I've, I've been recently used to, and I mm. actually really enjoy it. Okay, I like how a good deal of the story is from the perspective of. Um, Alfred, yeah, and you get to see Alfred yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of like kick back, and I, I think a lot of writers are sometimes too afraid to kind of talk or, or to to depict the scenes of Alfred being anything more than just a helper or a servant. Yeah, he's more of a of a guardian and parent, so you know, kind of putting mm -hmm. the screws to to Bruce mm -hmm. on occasion is something you don't always get to see. Like we have a scene here where uh, Alfred, you know, it's after a long day; it's the middle of the night. He has his Shoes off and feet up as he's oh, yeah. drinking like uh, <laughs> right. a snifter of whiskey, right. kind of giving giving shit to Bruce when he comes in. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen that before. It's really really nice. Yeah, just relaxing. Yeah, like yeah, actually yeah, yeah. not just like at beck and call. He's because right, he does a part, live there he's a also. Like, yeah. right, exactly. Why should he not be yeah, able to sit down from time and it's, to time? It's not gimmicky. It's done re really well. I I really enjoy this. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the art? I liked the art. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, it was. You know the Batman action scenes were good. The well, like I said, I really liked, uh, which is a function of the art, the representation of us getting further and further into his mental state, or maybe not us getting further and further in, but him getting further and further yeah. in, figuring out more about who the victim is. Um, and the uh, when he figures it out, the last page reveal was pretty cool. Although I am, I don't not get it entirely sure what's going on I, yeah. yeah okay so i that was the next thing i wanted to bring up um one this panel perspective is really really weird uh it's like yeah it's just yeah, 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 it's yeah. all batman's crotch with a little head his head is so far in the in the mm. background it's just a little tiny head either way um <laughs> i don't understand this cliffhanger so much uh and i wish i i almost wish that um you, you, when you're reading comics, sometimes they give mm -hmm. you like that final page, like "ha ha." Right. But there's those times when you don't know what it is, so right. you're like, "Am I broken, or did the story did they just miss not a told step?" <laughs> yeah. Or it could be the kind of thing where it's like, "Well, you're not supposed to know what it is," and then when you figure it out next week. But and still, like, if it's then it's not an aha. Like uh, those kind of ahas to me oh, should yeah. be okay. some sort of like recognizable scare or right. Or something is about to happen to your main character. I mean, I think I, he was there. Do you know why he was there? The, is this the killer or is this the killed? I believe this is the killer. So that's an issue that yeah. I'm not sure. I believe this is the killer and his... So Batman was trying to figure out, like, what's his trophy? Serial killers take trophies and, and what's his? Yeah. So he figures out there isn't a trophy. The trophy for him was the friendship with the guy that he killed. So And to kind of take... He couldn't him, take him... So we couldn't take that 
friendship with him, so he hid himself underneath the floorboards yeah. of the apartment where the dead body was rotting. Like so he was yeah. just down there the whole time. I suppose. And like inhabiting the place where their friendship yeah, was. Yeah, so his trophy was just physical space, presence. Yeah. Um, if that's the case, then uh, murder solved. Right. Everything's done. Also, then why did he kill that guy? If, I, I don't unless know, he yeah. was compelled to by his and, illness. But And this, this yeah. creepy potential killer dude we see is wearing a red bow tie and a green jacket and i'm th- like yeah, i immediately I was, thought like is this a character that's what i thought or too. is this a rogue that right. i don't somebody remember, that i like, like he kind of looks like or something or yeah or or um ventriloquist he kind of reminds <laughs> me of and he's got a scar right down the center of his forehead yeah which is you know in the batman world that's that means something it's, it's probably a, <laughs> right. uh, a less than friendly stay at arkham maybe yeah <laughs> i i there's there was um uh, the the last couple pages were a little jarring. I didn't necessarily understand. However, mm. I still enjoyed. Mm. Art was great. And it's Maxi I'm series. In. We'll yeah. see what happens I, in the rest I, of it. I yeah, love yeah. stories that have endings. Uh, yes. <laughs> so yeah, as long yeah, as we yeah. get there, I'm good. Yeah. Um, all right, oh, let's uh, let's move on to the next book in the Batman universe. Uh, oh, Joker, Year of the Villain, number uh-huh. one, written by John Carpenter and Anthony Birch, with art uh, by Philip Tan. So uh, previous has this to say. In the year of the villain, what's a clown prince of crime to do when the world has started to accept doing bad as the only way to live? Out bad everyone else, of course. The Joker is on a mission to get his mojo back and prove to the world that there is no greater villainy than the kind that leaves you laughing. This special one-shot is co-written by legendary film auteur John Carpenter and Anthony Birch, making for a Joker comic that's twisted in ways you never imagined. What'd you think, Bri? Uh, I thought it was awesome. This you was great. had gotten me to read it, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, and uh, so I just read it real quickly, and I'm really glad that you did. And I'll tell you, it was in a way that had that, to my knowledge, has not been imagined before, and I'm really surprised. Yeah. And surprised to the extent that maybe there has been a story that I just don't know about. When he dresses up like Batman and with his sidekick, you know, dressed up and as Robin in these like you know cheap costumes. Or Gotham Vigilante mm-hmm. as the package that he purchased mm-hmm. as an off-brand Batman costume. Oh yeah, because it, it, <laughs> yeah. Batman is is a uh, in the continuity of the comics, Batman is clearly copyrighted. Oh sure, of course <laughs> they can't just go around producing he, Batman. <laughs> he, uh, like Bruce Wayne owns all the merchandising. Rights oh yeah, for yeah, Batman. yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, I wonder why Bruce Wayne owns all the Batman merchandising rights. Ah, well, it's probably coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I thought it was it was such a fun idea that I'm like, how has this not been done before? Uh, yeah, also too that it's a it's an extreme fetish for Joker, right? <laughs> this is right. incredibly insane. All right, so the um, the premise of this book is um, it's a it's a nice one and done. The Joker is escaping from um, uh, Arkham Asylum, one assumes, because that's the only place he's ever sent. Yeah, um, and. Uh, while he was there, he acquired a little uh, army of, um, you know, um, henchmen. Yeah. And this is the story of a henchman, one of his henchmen, which is named what? A- oh, Ace I love of his, Spades, the or, joke. Uh, or is, oh, he's this. He's Six of Hearts. Right. And as a short, <laughs> or, or to, you know, um, as, a, as a nickname, Joker is just going to call him of. Right. Yeah. The one word in common <laughs> to every playing card. Um, <laughs> fantastic. So, so we see this 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 whole thing go down from the perspective of his, you know, the surviving, um, the surviving inmate, or the, the surviving henchman of his, uh, Ace of Hearts. 
six right. of like hearts. Taking a momentary yeah. shine, as Joker often does yeah. to somebody. Right. A very, a momentary, very momentary shine. shine. Um, yeah. And the the whole issue is a bit of a greatest hits of the two of them kind of walking <laughs> through. And this whole time, you're kind of hearing the inner monologue of of his henchmen of um, my thought process is broken. What he's doing mm-hmm. makes sense. Like he's a he's a very self aware character about his own mental illness. Right. And doesn't use it as an excuse. Because the way that the like you're always seeing the unreliable narrator of him mm-hmm. through the prism or Joker yeah, through the prism of his unreliable narrative. So there's a lot right. of there's a lot of parts in this where they're doing horrible things. The Joker will kind of in a gaslighty way keep telling him like, "Look, they had a gun. They had right. a gun." Right. And you actually see in the panel of them not having a gun, and then it turned to they did have a gun, and he's right. right. We're right. doing good. Right. Like right. you're you're seeing this this kind of weird. Um, Seduction of the not so innocent, but mm. but uh, this, this it's, broken individual it's who knows really that really he interesting, can't see reality yeah. Well, and yeah. this book gets dark, yeah. like pitch black dark. They yeah, yeah. Got, uh, content warning: they shoot a dog. The Joker yes. shoots a dog. That dog had a gun. The dog had a gun. <laughs> no, the dog yeah. had a gun. Um, um, yeah, this does in in twenty odd issues. I think that this does a better job than the recent movie. In oh yeah! Kind of exploring hmm. the Joker in current culture. Interesting, because there's a lot of plot devices here where it's, um, uh, what's the term for it? Incel or or um, the the forgotten lost ones on the internet and that are swayed. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of plot points in here that kind of speak to that, hmm. literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. So like. The Enchantress shows up, and the inner monologue of our henchman is right. along the lines of, she doesn't know how pretty she is. She doesn't know me. How dare she? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it, it, very into her. She's not interested. Very angry Very angry her. about yeah, yeah, yeah. being into her. And then yeah. that propels online mm-hmm. of, uh, yeah, that, that turns into a whole, like, him amassing an army of, of these... Um, unsure and insecure individuals online right like by a forum right <laughs> it's just it it's it's so on the nose but it's done so well that it's it's appreciative that it's on the nose it's mm-hmm. just um this book is wild yeah uh yeah i really enjoyed the journey um and it was a good viewpoint character to have for the joker's um insanity or behavior mm-hmm. one thing i did appreciate too is when You've got this this henchman that um, starts to realize that he is hurting people. He's manipulating yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a subtle realization where he's like, "Wait, he's not crazy, right? He knows exactly what he's doing." The Joker. Yeah, yeah. Where the henchman realizes that and the Joker is. Yeah. It's palpably creepy. Yeah. Um. Where he realizes there was a good exchange where he's like, "I am." I am not evil. I'm crazy. He's cr- not crazy. He's, He's evil. evil. Yeah. Um, and it was also a good story about like why would somebody be the Joker's henchman? You know, which is yeah. I think often an interesting tale to tell. Like, who would I, sign up to work with so, the Joker specifically or any supervillain yeah, in this capacity? I, I know that you haven't seen the current the new movie yet, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like what they attempted to do um, in the movie. And this isn't a spoiler. What they attempted to do in the movie was much more effectively done in this book mm-hmm. by putting it through the prism of a henchman. Oh, interesting. So, like, the yeah. story of the person in the movie mm-hmm. is very similar to this one of the henchman of I am mentally ill and, and how 
a terrible person can manipulate that. Oh, right. Okay. Whereas the movie was just, I'm mentally ill and I'm going to lash out. Hmm. So right. it was, I, I actually feel like this is almost, a, this is a, an excellent way to explore that kind of, um, that kind of character dilemma without mm-hmm. completely, uh, well, without like humanizing or, or like the, the Joker is a force of nature. Right. He's and a, it also doesn't make a villain out of the crazy person. It doesn't at all. And it explicitly states, which I've heard elsewhere, that the mentally ill are more likely to be victims of violence yeah, than they are the perpetrators. Does. And then ends with him with a redemption, you know, yeah. of this guy and a condemnation of the Joker. You know? Yeah, this yeah. was this was really good. And I, I, I admittedly was very skeptical of, oh, mm. I mean, I love John Carpenter. Mm. Love John Carpenter. However... I'm like, he's going to yeah. write a comic now. Cool. Right. right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's which is often the case when yeah. somebody who's famous or good in another medium steps in and yeah. you're like, all right. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's also legitimately funny, which is something the yeah. Joker doesn't often pull off. Like, writers, they make him very scary, but not like there were actual funny jokes, like the, the nickname thing, and there were one or two others. He's he's yeah. grossly charming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's odd. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 these year of the villain books have been more hit than miss, mm. and I I, I fear good. that they're like kind of, they, you know, when a one shot hits the stands of a, a whatever character they usually don't read, it's just like yeah right, great skip right, it. Right, right. These have yeah. been really fun. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's, let's uh let's well I I think it's that time, it's that time for thunder round. Yeah, let's pull up the timer. It's 60 seconds, right? 47 seconds, I think, is the traditional time. Oh, whatever, well, dude. We usually stretch it by an extra 13. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so the first Thunder Round is going to be Brian. Uh, he is going to talk about Coffin Bound number three, uh, written by Dan Walters. Oh, sorry, Waters. Dan Waters mm-hmm. with art by Danny. Uh, Previous has this to say, champagne, bloodshed, uncomfortable silences. In the clutches of the unstoppable assassin they call Earth Eater, Izzy must break free to rescue those she once cared for from the hands of the murderous poet Polly. But once they learn of of her past sins, will they want to save her? Hmm. Go! I am continuing to really enjoy this book. I really like the atmosphere that it provides. And I'm I'm like drawn to call it this like archetypal abstraction, but they are not they don't really represent any archetypes that I'm familiar with, but they kind of have that stature and and abstraction of what an archetype you know they're like ideas uh, walking around and doing things, uh, which I think is very cool. Everything is very emblematic and very poetically written, uh, which I also enjoy. Um, let's see the. Uh, the journey of the like this woman going to erase herself i continue to be like well whatever but uh you know her journey is fun the daughter or young person that she was with that you know kind of took care of um makes an interesting point that she is she's past the point of decay she's no longer growing and starts dancing and whatever uh it was all very cool and enjoyable and oh! around. <laughs> was it cool and enjoyable was it it was okay <laughs> yeah very good and the art is cool so slip I, that in. I i you know what i think i have to power through that first issue there's the yeah. the the slang the language the syntax of it was just difficult mm. for me to I, I just had to focus more, and I mm. just haven't had a chance to. But I, yeah, I would say it's worth it. It looks like an interesting book. 
It is. The, yeah, the art's cool. It's very like stark. Is one of the words that I, I was looking for always, during the round. I always <laughs> want to. I always want to um, uh, support creativity with mm-hmm. my patronage. I just mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't always click. You know. Sure. So of I'm not course. gonna be like I don't like it. It's just maybe it's not for me. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I will. I will do the next thunder round. Uh, it's for Event Leviathan number five, written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Alex Maleev. Uh, previous has this to say. From the Eisner Award-winning team of writer Brian Michael Bendis and artist Alex Maleev, it's the reveal of the biggest mystery of the summer. Who is Leviathan, and what is their true goal? You're going to find out here. Plus, Lois Lane has had had a whole other team working for her the entire time. Oh, man. And someone found something? What? What? <laughs> All right. And start. Thunder round. Um, this was cool. I mean, I liked it. Uh, my favorite part of the book, though, was the um, the David Mack uh, variant cover. <laughs> uh, a, a, so that 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 uh, that preview um, was only half true. You don't learn who uh, Leviathan is in this issue, but you get probably the largest, craziest clues, and you do learn um, of somebody very, very close to the Lois and Clark family that is very close to Leviathan or has been working for them this whole time. Um, you also find out why a lot of these obscure characters were pulled in, including Manhunter in question. Like it, it's all kind of falling into place. There's not there wasn't there was a big reveal in this book. I, I'm not gonna necessarily spoil it. However, the big reveal didn't happen yet and it still remains to be fun. I, I, I really like this. And more and more I'm thinking that maybe this will end up being just a lead into something bigger, which is upsetting but still fun and joy. End of round. Yeah uh, I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> this is like emotionally draining. It's it's it's, it's high pressure. It's intense. Stuff. Um, I I don't want to like just. I know that it's perpetual second act for all these books, and that's great. Um, but as we draw to a close in this this like event, it's clear this is just going to end with, and that's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, join us next week for oh. fifty, like uh, for yeah. another five miniseries. <laughs> like I, I feel like there's going the the only closure that's going to happen for this book is the reveal, and then that's it. And I yeah. kind of want it, just maybe another step, Not a setup just for one the more next step, stage yeah. of everything. With you. Uh, yeah, but we'll yeah. see, we'll see. There's one more issue left. Huh. Um, all right, so the next thunder round is thunder round. Um, the other person that's here. Oh, it's Brian. Hey, hey. hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll do another. <laughs> we'll one. do. We're gonna uh, Web of Black Widow number two, written by Jody Hauser and Stephen Mooney. Uh, the solicitation reads as follows: Soldiers, assassins, lovers, the widow and the winter reunite. Natasha Romanoff and Bucky Barnes have a history as long as war, companions since the widow's earliest days in the Red Room when both were trapped in the service of the wrong side. It's one of the greatest and most tragic love stories of the Marvel Universe. Now, the world will try to get between them once again, Mm. and with the widow missing memories, she may find herself losing the only person who would have forgiven her for what she's about to do next. And go! Uh... So it's it's fine. It's an interesting book, I guess. It's not like it doesn't really grab me. I didn't know, and I'm not sure that it was the case before that Bucky Barnes and and Natasha Romanoff they have been together before. It makes sense, like you know, since his reveal as having been the Winter Soldier, it makes sense that that they would have some history. Um, the art, I thought, they do this kind of like not shadow. It's almost like a light figure when. She's fighting in the Red Room, but then also, I think, artistically later, 
they use that. That part is cool. The other art is, I don't know, it's an odd style. It's a highly, highly detailed kind of style. It's, it's all right. The story is just like kind of a, you know, espionage sort of tale. You got to reveal that there's another person that looks like Black Widow. I'm still thrown off by the title being Web of Black Widow. I'm like, this is a Spider-Man thing. <laughs> What's the story? <laughs> you know? And, and I'm around. around. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna, like, ah, I'm around. Stop it. Okay. Um, I the, the first issue was, was yeah. like, serviceable. It, exactly. Yeah, so I assume it's, this is just the same. It's more of that. Yeah, it's like a regular tale yeah. of Black Widow. There's if you a, like Black Widow, go for it. There are millions of books, or, I mean... Uh, more Millions. than one, less than millions, somewhere in the middle, <laughs> All right. of books that come out every week, mm. and I, you know, like there's it's a it's a full spectrum of of mm-hmm. of what clicks with you. There are some books that are just like, hey, it was it was it was fine, it was yeah. good, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was fine, yeah. But then there's like if this is your kind of story, check yeah. it out. I mean, sometimes yeah. you just have to like only go with like what you love, and yeah, if you yeah. love the character, yeah. this didn't break anything, right? Yeah, yeah. no, no, not at all. <clears throat> All right, um, Two of them have the same bathing suit for some reason, which I find odd. <laughs> uh, like Black Widow has, they have this like a widow kind of symbol, and it might have been that that person was later the one impersonating Black Widow, but she's not wearing that suit, and it's like a cutout kind of of that red hourglass that she usually has, but it's cut out. And or maybe they're the same person, but drawn different. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, Just, did, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh, and uh, the the Winter Soldier and Natasha Romanoff thing that was mm-hmm. uh, Brew Baker established that. Did he? Okay. Yeah. Okay. When um <clears throat> after Cap died and the the book became kind of like an ensemble right, right, right. book with I did read Falcon, some of that, but not uh, all of it. Widow and, okay. and him and who's gonna carry it? Gotcha. It was yeah. Okay. Um. All right. The last Thunder Round. Uh, Thunder Round. To me. This is a book that we have never talked about. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> Hellmouth number one. Well, because it's a number one, but uh, oh. it's also a Buffy and Angel event, which we haven't talked the, about. Even the new a universe that the, we yeah, haven't talked about. Yeah, the right. entire universe <laughs> of Angel and Buffy we have not talked about since the relaunch at Boom Studios. So I'm gonna give a. I'm gonna give my best. Uh, Hellmouth number one, written by Jordi Belair and Jeremy Lambert, hmm. illustrated by Eleonora Carlini. Okay. All right. So, and um, previews has this to say. The first event of the all-new Buffy universe starts here. Hmm. Buffy Summers, the Slayer, has one job. Keep the forces of hell from coming to Earth through a hellmouth. Here's the bad news. She might have failed. Oh, that is bad news. (laughs) (laughs) The Mistress Drusilla and her ally, Spike, have found a weapon to open the hellmouth and unleash unspeakable evil across the town and the world. With time running out, Buffy must team up with her new ally that she doesn't fully trust, the Vampire. Vigilante known as Angel. Is that capital? Oh, all right. I thought it might have been a different <laughs> vampire. vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can these two find a way to work together before the Hellmouth opens, or these two, or these two decide they might be each other's greatest enemy? This is they really need to very, figure very out very a way to stop it before they decide yeah. that they are each other's greatest. From enemy. Eisner Award nominated <laughs> writer Jordi Belair and rising star Jeremy Lambert and Eleonora Carlini comes the first massive event of the Buffyverse, one that threatens to shake the entire fabric of reality. This is an absolute must read from the mind of creator Josh Whedon. All right, let's do this. Start the right. clock. Here it is. Thunder round. Um, so I have been reading this, uh, the new Buffy and Angel series. They're um, only about eight issues into one and five or six issues into the other. And already we're getting this event. Um, at this point, it, it was supposed to be a restart of these characters' introductions. So at this point, a lot of people that 
would have met by now, have not met by now. Yeah. Some are vampires that aren't supposed to be vampires. And like, just a lot of things have changed. So this is, this is one of those weird instances where you're reading characters you know, but they're acting completely different within reason of, you know, the surrounding, you know, what's happening around them. So you get like this weird meet cute of Buffy and Angel while they're walking into hell because the hell mouth has been opened and you know it's um it's a fun read it's this this whole kind of show has been really really fun and um i would say to pick this up give this a shot you know like if you're familiar with the ip just go for it yeah end of round yeah i saw the clock i was like i'm not gonna start another sentence no um (laughs) who's a vampire that's not supposed to be or that was not previously a vampire um xander's a vampire what yeah, he was turned uh, like the mm. fourth or fifth. Spoilers, sorry. I mean, spoiler alert. So, <laughs> so what? They, I mean, well, this. yeah, we'll recap. I can, yeah. I can recap a couple of things. Like in the in the Buffy series, first of all, uh, I will caveat all this with the Angel series is actually better than the Buffy one. Oh, right. I feel right. Brian Edward Hill is just crushing it. Yeah. Um, in the series, uh, uh, Xander has been. He was. He's. He's an anxious teen like he's mm-hmm. still funny still, but he's an anxious teen and he had been chatting with this with this person online where mm-hmm. he was sharing all his insecurities and how he's just like the zeppo of the group which is actually in line with the character from before and nobody really cares and everyone's got their own thing and oh, oh my and he's lured out and then turned oh. like Drusilla, is he still a good guy or drusilla drusilla <laughs> lures him out and turns him um and it's in the it's in the opening throes of his transformation mm-hmm. Because what they do is they don't kill him, and it's 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 essentially just like a opening salvo to a war. It's just like here's your uh, friend, have fun. Gotcha. Okay, um, so he already knew about all the vampire stuff when this yeah. happened. Okay. Yeah, so it okay. happened like two or three issues in after they were all kind of introduced to the world. Okay. Um, and Willow, who just starts to practice magic, oh, so she's already into that. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Um, she essentially gives him half of her soul. Oh, okay. So he's so, got an angel thing going on. He's got a little okay. bit of an angel thing going on. He does. He can't control it as well as as um, Angel can because it's not uh, a full soul. Right. And also, and it too, may not be helping now they're any. now they're <laughs> right. they're hinting at she has some tendencies, some herself. darkness inside <laughs> yes. of Willow yeah, being yeah, able yeah. to creep in because half of her soul mm. is being loaned out. Mm. Interesting. Um, so you got all this crazy stuff happening over there, and then mm-hmm. at the same time, Angel is told to go to Sunnydale because. Thumbs up. Vampires, vampires you know, right, are, right, are about right. to destroy some shit. Um, uh, is, can he go out during the day, Xander? That's what I really want to know. I don't. I think so. Oh, cool. I, <laughs> right. Well, have they shown? They haven't really explored right. the limitations or All the right. like. The, what it, the differences are? Yeah, 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 yeah literally, yeah, yeah. it was like two issues of All trying right. to figure out how to save him. Sweet. Yeah, but he All is. Right. He is a vampire. Cool. That's interesting. That's yeah. a that's a cool twist. Yeah. It, I, at first, I was really upset about it. Oh really? Yeah, because I'm because uh, well, anything could happen. That has he been be cured. We'll see what happens. That has been kind of the problem of this, or at least the the problem of the series for me with the first handful of issues is they were reintroducing all these characters with new dynamics, mm-hmm. but they were being very um, winky winky that you wouldn't know. It was weird. It was like, who's this written for? Is this written for people that know everything, oh, right. or are you trying to restart everything? Right, right. Because you're saying you're restarting everything, but you're talking to all of us like. Hmm. We should know. It's like more fun if you already know. What's yeah, up. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's just like pick a lane. Yeah, yeah. And mm, it okay. wasn't until the first couple of issues where they kind of like started telling their own story as opposed to being too winky. All right, sweet. So this has been really, really fun so far. Cool. And that was a 14 minute thunder round. Thunder round. So End sorry. of round. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we break the rules because daddy's not here. <laughs> yeah, what's he going to do? Edit this. 
I'm sorry, JD. Um, so um, those were our Thunder Rounds Plus. That's what yeah. we're going to call it, Thunder, Thunder Rounds Plus. Rounds Plus. Um, and let's jump back into the books. We spent so much time on DC. How about we get a new number one a little Marvel? from Marvel? Doctor Doom? Doctor Doom number one, written Sweet. by Christopher Cantwell. Art by Salvador LaRocca. Uh, speaking of Salvador LaRocca oh, yes. from earlier. Um, <laughs> uh, previews has this to say, the Crack of Doom. Victor Von Crack Doom. Crack of Doom. Crack of Doom. It's it's in all caps. <laughs> that wasn't in here. It's in all caps <laughs> and an exclamation point. Oh. I could. Do you want me to like? Crack cr- of Doom. Crack of Doom. Yeah, great. Victor Von Doom, scientist, sorcerer, disfigured face, and twisted soul, has been spending much of his time warning against a trillion-dollar global effort to create the first artificial black hole. Wrestling with visions of an entirely different life, a better future, Doctor Doom finds himself at a crossroads. What is he questioning? Hmm. Uh, I really liked it. I am not usually one to enjoy a villain book, and just mostly because it's kind of the like why oh, interesting you, idea. Why are you so wholesome? Um, How did this happen? This actually, <laughs> well, I don't know. It's a good way to be. I, I, I like I it. You know, but villains, that is villains feel so creepy. Uh, <laughs> so, but that is my general yeah. tendency towards, towards that wholesome? kind of story is not the is not the explanation here. I think. Yeah. I just tend to not like them as the protagonists of stories maybe partially because uh i don't know their story beats are different like they mm-hmm. don't win mm-hmm. at the end you know which is not i mean it's a great there's a, a lot of great stories where the protagonist doesn't win mm-hmm. i i don't know that i know exactly what it is why i don't usually pick up they feel like side stories for whatever reason like you're not focusing on the main character. That's fair. Um, That's super and fair. And like all of these things, there's examples of good stories where you're not would not focusing well, on this or that. Hey man, the but answer yeah. literally could just be preference because I yeah, typically don't I like to get also. to the bottom of it. You know, yeah. right? They just don't tend to be as engaging of stories. I find like whenever they're like, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a series focused on Doctor Doom or some villain. It's like that's not gonna last long. You're not gonna, yeah. you know what I mean. You're not gonna get a lot of story uh, I, I mean, meat out of that. That's, you that's know? the curse of a perpetual second act, which mm. seems to be like a drinking buzzword now because we keep talking about the perpetual <laughs> second act. So go ahead, take a shot. Um, so I really liked it. Uh, it was it was an engaging look at Doctor Doom, and it paints him as. I mean, Doom is kind of too many people a hero kind of character, like mm-hmm. all the people of Latveria. Uh, so he has that side, and they make sure to to state that. Um, and whether or not he deserves to be is a whole other question. But you know he is, and I liked it. The Kang shows up. I'm a sucker for Gotta you know, Kang, grandiose man. time travel guys. You know somebody from that far with that high tech, and the fact that he's like kind of related to or possibly related to Doctor Doom. Is he? He may or may not be a, a distant descendant of Doctor Doom, and they mention that in this book. He also may or may not be a descendant of Reed Richards. Um, I'm not sure if those two are exclusive of each other. Uh, yeah, but that has been that has been touched upon a lot um, in previous stories. So he shows up, and then he just and you know, Doom is like, "I'm getting tired of this, Kang." And <laughs> Kang's like, "I don't know why I'm here. I don't even know which timeline I'm in. I don't know if this is going to succeed or not." And then he pops away. And uh, it's just this little taste of something that will probably play out later. And it's done in a way that I'm like, oh, I want to see what's up. And I don't feel like uh, it was just 
left me Wait, hanging. Okay, you know? so I I didn't get to get a chance to read this, but mm-hmm. you're telling me that Kang just like pops in and just like, hey, am I supposed? To- nope, too late. Oh, suck it. Yeah, they have and like just, bounces- a bit of conversation. Yeah, it's like a fly on the wall when two supervillains talk for a second, and you're just yeah. like, you know what? Later. Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> you know, they're not like when heroes meet. They're like, and they know each other are heroes. They're like, hey, let's you know, let's be friends. Let's hang out. And, but these guys, they're not just antagonistic to heroes, they're antagonistic to each other as yeah. well, you know. Um, but it's a civil, you know, Doom pours him a glass of wine. As you and, do. And you get the sense, like, Doom is writing, and he's like, uh, again, <laughs> Kang? Like, this has happened before, so I think we'll get this, like, filled in, why Kang is blipping through. He theorizes because they're related. Um, and you also get, like, other timeline stuff happening, mm-hmm. where he, Doom, sees this other other life that he could have or is existing in another part of the multiverse or whatever where he is unscarred he is uh like world minister von doom mm-hmm. um and he you know he's accomplished everything he wanted to accomplish he he fixed all kind of stuff and now he's kind of like well what do i do now and he's got a family and kids and life is good for world minister doom nice uh yeah and it was a very engaging first issue i i recommend it as a good start they do the tech and the magic stuff and he is blamed for something that he didn't do but nobody believes him because he's, Cause dr. he's doom. dr doom well his right. name his name is uh, a promise for pain yeah <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, overall good read. Check it I, out. I I I will I will follow through. I will actually give this a shot. This, this sounds fun. I I um, it's a new. It's a the writer is a, a television writer for the most part. I think it was Halt oh, and Catch that? Fire. Oh okay. Which is a show I never seen, but I I actually yeah, I never saw it was either. told was amazing. So. Okay. But um, again, like we had said before, sometimes that's hit or miss. Or sometimes it's right. a fresh it's kind like of story that you don't medium, usually get. Not but, the other one. Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm totally down. Yeah, it was cool, yeah. and the art's cool. Uh, yeah, maybe so I'll, maybe around, yeah. maybe a couple months from now. I, I I wonder if this is monthly or double. Maybe a couple months from now, I'll double pick up monthly. the first trade and we'll see what's up. Hmm. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, let's let's move on to the obligatory powers uh, House of X powers of ten corner. Indeed, uh, it's the end of an era. Indeed, era. Yeah, a good era. <laughs> uh, written say. by Jonathan Hick- uh, Powers of ten number six, mm-hmm. which is weird. Um, <laughs> written so by like six hundred. Uh, it's, it's not that powers of closely. powers of That's ten six multiplied by one hundred. <laughs> That's um, six zeros onto six zero onto one hundred. So one hundred million. Sweet. Yeah. Ah, oh, I did it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, powers of powers of ten number six written by Jonathan Aikman with art by R. B. Silva. The inevitable truth. The revelatory tale of mutant kind's fall comes to a conclusion that will lay the groundwork of the X-Men stories for years to come. Superstar writer Jonathan Hickman and rising star artist R.B. Silva wrap up the series that reveals everything. 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 It was all revealed. Was it? I mean, all of the things <laughs> that they were revealed, they were revealed. Yeah, the things that they yeah, decided yeah, yeah, yeah. to reveal were revealed, but there's all other stuff. was not revealed. I think there's other series launching from this, so they those uh, things will be revealed. A in dawn those of series, series. Uh, uh, yes. a, a dawn, dawn of, of X. ten, probably yeah. <laughs> dawn of ten. <laughs> ten books, dawn of ten. Yeah, um, uh, I like you know what I they did with this book. They did two things that were really interesting. One, they told the same ending as. The last uh, book, yes. oh, like House it was, it was essentially the same ending as House of yeah. X, but they were t- they told it differently, yeah. but matched, which was mm-hmm. interesting. I like there were some parts where I was just like, this is that the same panel, but it's a different artist, which is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And they pulled the same narrative trick that they did like four issues ago, and I didn't see it coming. Oh, where the 
the thing that you'd been reading all along was yeah. ended by Moira's death. And ended then, yeah. the same way. Yeah, I didn't expect that to be I, the sixth life. You know, I yes, thought this was so, the current life. So we we learned in the uh, the, uh, the um the 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 future that we've been the thousand years ago or in the in the future right, with the blue guy with the with the, the blue guy and, and the phalanx. So the yeah. blue guy is the the bastard offsprings of humanity and technology merging. Yeah. Right. Which I thought was odd that the mutants were not included in that just like as well, you progress. Some were. Well, like they were decimated, but then, right. then um, engineered by uh, like chimeras that were engineered. There were literally only like two pure mutants left and it was Moira and and Right. And Logan. Logan. Yeah. The, I, I love that throughout all of this thousand years of history, mm-hmm. it's always OG Logan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got that healing factor. It's freaking hilarious. Yeah, 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 yeah. But e- either way, so like you, this, this whole thing we've, in the last issue was that we've we finally attracted the phalanx mm-hmm. because we're going to live on forever in the cosmos as mm-hmm. pure energy and information. Mm-hmm. However, the caveat being we're going to eat your world. Right, your physical existence. The physical existence will is end. gone. Yeah. So in this issue, the uh, super blue guy. Yeah, super blue super guy. Super blue guy goes in, goes yeah. to for the first time in this series so far goes to the um, mutant sanctuary where mm-hmm. the only real mutants are are allowed to to live, and he <laughs> kind of goes and taunts Moira and Logan that are there, like right. or it appears to be. It appears to taunting. be a taunt. Yeah, maybe it's a it's a bigger play of how you're going to stop this. Here's your chance. Oh, uh, take a quick aside to talk about an art choice in that sanctuary. So you can see in like in the distance there's a kind of computery haze in the background like yeah. there's like either a force field or this is a, a jet definitely created a generated environment that they are in and a contained environment. So there is a few pages into that they are standing there um and if you look in the upper right corner of this tree uh let's see which page is it? I don't know. It has the bottom of it, it is that super blue guy standing there, and he is saying, yes, how would you prevent it I with all it. that you've learned, right? Uh, well, for the listeners at home, too. Uh, or wherever they are. I, I, I mean, don't know where they are. Th- let's, <laughs> let's be honest. No one listens. Oh, right. <laughs> and never at home. No. No, they're always, <laughs> always on the out go. And about they're always on the go. Running and somewhere in the cars. four people. Yeah. Four people. Um, I'm one of them. <laughs> so, so now that they've found it, <laughs> um, you've got this, this computer haze, uh, create an environment, and there's this tree. In the upper right corner, and yeah. if you check it out, it looks like a fingerprint. Yeah, I was—I was, I was going to say, like, cool, there's a lot on of purpose. Yeah, there's a lot of artifacts in the coloring mm-hmm. that are just—it's so even to like the shadow of the trees on his tunic are almost digitized. Yeah, whether like that's something that's a... happening in real time or an artistic choice to kind of show you that mm. this is a manufactured kind of reality. Oh, and he's like kind of tech, yeah, human kind of guy. So there's that with his cloak is maybe who knows what his power set is. Maybe he is like sustaining this environment too long story short this is yeah. rad as hell yeah 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 uh yeah i really like that addition of like yeah, the, the, the artist's fingerprint in the environment the, um, artist, the art choices are fantastic yeah, but yeah, but have, it have been the whole time it kind of all leads to this this blue guy for some reason is telling them i guess you know make your plans right the end like is what nigh. would you do yeah. if you could avert this yeah how would you do it convince me because I'm not so sure I'm into the joining up with the phalanx dominion god thing. So he essentially kind of, uh, he lets them know, Logan kills him, mm-hmm. and then kills Moira. Yeah. And then you it's revealed that this is, that what we've been yeah. reading this whole time yeah. was 
her sixth life. A yeah, a life of hers. It also revealed a weakness that I had not seen coming at all. That like, oh yeah, even if she does everything well, if she ever dies and it's not her last life, if that is even a thing, then it just resets and she needs to either do it again or mm-hmm. make new or whatever. Um, which yeah. I had seen as a as a positive because she can plan more, but now. Now it is revealed to me that, oh, there's a problem with that as well. Yeah, um, she has played, uh, what, ten different, or nine different angles this far? Yeah, uh, in what we assume is the, you know, where they have the party at the end well, timeline. They, they kind they all but say that that is what's happening now. I guess it is. Like, this is, like, every every piece of this has kind of been leading up to us believing that the, the pod people mutants... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, her manipulation of of Xavier and Man and Magneto, which I is the, is. the back yeah. matter in this, mm-hmm. um, that is all what's actually happening. And because of all the lives that she's lived, mm-hmm. she knows that she has to allow Genosha to be destroyed. She right. knows that she right, has right. to allow. Um, this will do the this if that, I let this. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so this is this is an interesting reality where all of continuity has already is has happened but some of it's it just has happened differently. some of it she's allowing to happen not yeah. allowing to happen moving around so so it sets up this status quo for brian or jonathan hickman to be able to just be like i'm gonna use that not that mm-hmm. i'm gonna use this oh, not yeah. this yeah, yeah which is great it's just great like he can mm-hmm. choose whatever the status quo really is because at the end of all of this yes He's just gonna kill Moira. See, that's at the, the end of at that's the end of I his still... five year run. Right. He's just gonna kill Moira, and it's back to normal. Because how does it how does it like <laughs> sync up with Call the rest of the Marvel universe? That's that's what I'm sort of waiting for. Like, how... I, know, I, I love it. I, I I absolutely love this. I I love the so after after you, we get to see that 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 death that snicked right into her stomach mm-hmm. after a thousand years of information has been gathered. Mm-hmm. Thousand years, uh, ten li- or six lives of a thousand years, or whatever. Right. Well, some of them were less than that. Some sure. of them were like the plane crash one. So like, yeah, fifteen hundred to oh, two thousand, some, somewhere like in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, she, we get to we re- revisit that scene on the bench from the very very first issue, right. and he reads like the the rest of it. So he at, before at the first issue we only saw him start to read her mind and say ah, like right. ah, right, 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 and now we get to see him. That that was actually the the opening reveal of a scream, pain, and well, faint. He is also reading a different so set of memories. He's reading all of the, the memories. First, exactly. So all whatever the first one was. Well, no, I think this is the same scene. Oh, you think so? Absolutely. That, that was the sixth life or the seventh life as well. Yeah, or I absolutely. Whenever, well, oh, whenever that ninth. did happen, this right. is this is the beginning of. Oh, okay. The one where he puts on the Cerebro helmet yeah. all the time. This and, is the beginning right, of right. her full on manipulation that we're seeing now. Like this okay. is. This this scene at the at the at the park bench where he's she's just finally like read my mind right, right. where they meet air right. quotes the first time that's I think that's the beginning of this whole big Jonathan Hickman story uh, okay because um, it was it interesting also how like so she's like breaking him and doing Magneto whatever yeah. she's doing and then in the in the back matter she's like oh men are always so convinced they can change the world and bend it to their whims the next entry is. Oh, I've been doing that. <laughs> That's what I've been up to as well. Yeah, she's. Yeah. You get you get to see uh, some of her like uh, process journals on how she's um, controlling Xavier and Magneto to do exactly what she needs them to do in order for mutant kind to not die. Mm-hmm. And you start to um, you start to realize just how uh, 
not sociopathic she is, but how unsympathetic she is to who she might have to hurt and or like accomplish. It's just it's very yeah. like at this point she is she has lived for like two thousand right. years, or at this least is also like two thousand years of memories inside of her. Right. right. She, I mean, and just recently has experienced. Uh, whatever sensation it is when somebody is 800 years in your past mm-hmm. and they've been dead for a very long time and you're like, well, I'd like to save you, but if I do that, then mm-hmm. the entirety of mutant kind will die. Um, although there was an interesting revelation too that she's like, we always lose. Why yeah. is that? You know? Um, well, like I touched on earlier, I'm still I'm a little surprised uh, that like they wouldn't just, as humanity's technology increases and they give themselves powers like, would the distinction not sort of fade away, you know, and they would be like, oh, well, we're all sort of powered together. We're all in it together kind of thing. Apparently know. not in yeah. this in this timeline. They, they they very wisely set up kind of. So in this in this new reality, the 10, our current mm-hmm. understanding of the of the, the you know, mutant timeline, mm-hmm. Moira has been faked death. Right. They, they faked her death and now she's living in like a, a corner of Krakoa. Right, manipulating um, things from the shadows. Yeah. And not which, allowing destiny. Like, So it's not all mutants. Which aligns, yeah. too, with our understanding of where she's been. She she was like taken off the table and killed years ago in continuity. So I had forgotten that, and I was like, uh, I'm sure we saw that, but I forgot how it had happened. Yeah, she never okay. really came back. Like, She came back in this series, I think. Uh, so us off the so they're, keeping, right. they're keeping kind of current continuity intact. Oh, in with actual her. continuity, yeah. not in this story. I think she's been dead for a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I got you. So she never really was dead. She's uh, been manipulating yes. them all from the Excellent. shadows. Right. Um, and they did it using her Krakoa husk. Right. Which, two issues ago in like side matter or, or supported material they talked mm-hmm. about how xavier has successfully been able to do it two or three times and or he's on his third body right and she's like he's done it he's like right, right. transferred consciousness right. of other people so like I, I do love the fact that like all these little breadcrumbs are being thrown out mm-hmm. and then if you're not paying attention they are actually being picked up and yeah yeah, yeah. uh speaking of breadcrumbs i don't think this aspect of the of the party was revealed in house of x but apocalypse doesn't look that happy Everybody else looks happy, but Apocalypse is kind of it was. solemn in the back, was it? Yeah, it was. Almost the same two panels, too. It was like that, that slow push into him. And yeah. I wonder why. You know, what's his... Oh, unless he now knows what Xavier and Magneto know, that they always lose. And he's upset that his species isn't the fittest. Um, I, He might just be... A, he might just be... Uh, sad. Oh, that's so just like, his way. So the text bubbles that they put around it is... But now uh, it's it's uh, Xavier and Magneto talking, and it's overlaid over just like forlorn looks of uh, of apocalypse, and it's just. But now it is time for you to step aside, mm. and let us do the good work which which with which we were created. Oh, maybe he just feels like his time is done. Like or that maybe also applies to apocalypse. It, it could yeah, be yeah. talking to the audience, like mm. like this one's off the board, and we're actually going to. Mm. So this is a this is weird. They are. Mm-hmm. I think Hickman is trying to at least get us used to the fact or set up the fact that mm-hmm. they're going to have to be not so nice guys. Well, yeah, I mean they they're, said like they're Xavier gonna be has been shown that uh he's he's wrong to be super nice to everybody all the time and if he wants everyone yeah. to survive, he uh, over a period of decades, uh, Moira has been sort of conditioning and convincing him that this is you know don't be so nice. So I yeah. I'm excited to see where it goes, but I don't I can't I can't say I'm 
super excited to read them be bastards yeah for so long so i don't know how this is gonna go it's Uh, also an element that they've done with xavier i think i mentioned on a previous uh cast that um is that short term is that short for podcast yeah i didn't have the time previous cast you know not a pod uh, a previous pod? No, that's a previous group that I was a member of. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, of Wales. I, I usually try and Wales. say cohort. Uh, previous cohort. Oh, you're a cohort fellow. Uh, there's a cohort of podcasters. Yes, that was just a horde of pods. A horde of pods, or a horde <laughs> of casts. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> I think horde of pods is people that walk around on plant stalks, as I recall. Killing um, plants up and down. <laughs> horde uh, pods. Anyway, what was the? Uh, well, what was that? What were we <laughs> Xavier's about? being a dick, uh, and he's going to oh, be a right. dick for a while now. That they Marvel kind of did a thing for a while where they took a member of each of their main like character groups and made them bad, mm-hmm. you know. And then uh, like over a period of several years, and Xavier was one of the earlier ones where he wasn't out and out bad. They just started to kind of portraying him as a dick. And mm-hmm. the idea of like somebody that can read your mind would be a manipulative jerk. And they did, they did the same thing with Reed Richards. Kind of an anti-cerebralism. <laughs> now yeah. that I think about it, like, uh, you know, no, if you can think differently, or <laughs> you would be evil. And I never really cared for that with either character. Um, but this is a story reason, and it's different. It's not just kind of an overall feeling. Yeah, like you know, uh, you know they've they've been given the opportunity to see from uh, a ten thousand foot level of all the things that'll go bad. So you just gotta be. A shit if you need to be a shit. Yeah. yeah. And we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. You know. And Magneto is a nice guy. Nicer than usual. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, um, we are going to, we have um, one more book to really talk about, but I did want to mention really quick that, have you ever had one of those moments, like, as a, as a longtime comic reader, you end up kind of, like, absorbing favorite artists, favorite writers, this and that. Have you ever, sure. you, you were missing someone for a long time and they come back and you get ex- excited, but then it, it, like it was not that wasn't what you were looking for. It wasn't what I was looking for. So Especially that, if they come back to a book that they wrote previously. <laughs> is that the case this with this one? Not okay. the case with this one, but it's it's with art. So I love David mm-hmm. LaFuente. Mm-hmm. Did not know that he was doing the 16th issue of Superman. So this is issue number 16, uh, Superman number 16, um, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by David LaFuente. Uh, the Super Sons are back, but now John is five years older, and he's sitting on the biggest decision of his young life. Damien and John team up again for a rip-roaring adventure and a huge catch-up. These two best buds have really needed each other, and now they are back. So this was a really, really fun issue of in continuity. We actually just found out that uh, well, they they aged up Jonathan, and then he's been invited to go to the thirty-first, thirty-second, thirty-first, thirty-first century with the 31st. Legion. They went back and forth for um, a second, yeah. and then it's back to thirty-first. Um, and he has told a bunch of people that he's going to potentially do this, and what do they think? It's like going away to college, blah blah blah. But now he's got to tell his best friend, who he hasn't seen since he's been aged like five or six years. Right. So his best friend is still a tween or a, like a thirteen or fourteen-year-old, and he's like sixteen to eighteen. Um. And it is an incredibly sweet and fun story. Um, David LaFuente, I love him, but his art style is almost jarring compared mm. to the art that we've been getting in the series before. It was Ivan Rice, mm. and now very different. It's um, it's much more colorful. It's very uh, I want to say chunky because like even Superman mm. has like is just McGinnis size big. Everyone's got anime hair. Oh, and the boots. Like it's yeah. You pointed out. It's, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful, but mm-hmm. it just it it almost is a bit of like a 
a slap awake from the mm. art style that it's happened in this book before. And I, Some I, of it I looks could, like the coloring also, everything is which different. is cool, but it looks very different. It's, yeah. The story is wonderful. It's adorable. I love these characters together, and I'm I'm sad that they're going to... It, it's, it, it recognizes right. that it's special. It's sad that it's going to be a little less now because he's going away to the future. However, mm-hmm. I love it. It's just it took me half of this book to kind of get back into the heels oh, of yeah. of uh, yeah. of David Lafuente's art mm. that I love. Mm-hmm. It just has it's just jarring compared to the whole series before. It feels like it's out of out of space. I don't know. Okay. Like so, I, I I didn't know how to feel about it, but I would say definitely pick this up if you loved the Tomasi Super Sons book. Sweet. Absolutely. All right. Um, but we have a couple minutes left, and we're just going to touch base on Batman Universe number four by Brian Bendis again <laughs> and Nick Darrington. Uh, Batman and Green Lantern have followed the trail of Vandal Savage back to the Old West and right into an encounter with Jonah Hex. But before they can stop Savage from finding the mysterious Fabergé egg, Green Lantern disappears and Batman lands back where the story began, Crime Alley. Oh, yes. So that's the whole issue. Like, that uh, just recapped the whole yeah, issue. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, like, so much of this story is just, like, the fun of watching them go through it. That you got all the main story beats, yeah. but the the issue was still so much fun. Even knowing all of those different things, it didn't capture what the issue was, you know? This, this, this book continues to be, uh, a rev- like, a, a character study of how fun... Batman could be. Yeah, or or just like how fun comics can be. Yeah. And it's, it's even taking a dark character and making them colorful, but yeah. not not in a uh haphazard way. Like it doesn't it's not, not Adam fe- West Batman. Yeah. It's just like the character of Batman in a lighter tale. Yeah, yeah. It's um how it's like um uh the juxtaposition of styles. How would this noir character be react in this crazy setting go mm-hmm. and it's just been fun the whole time and i like that he's a more human bat like he genuinely hopes that hal jordan has not been killed at one point in the issue yeah, I and I, it's not like <laughs> it's not like because he's useful to me you know it's like oh because i like Hal. you know he's a compatriot at least you yeah know? there's um um throughout this whole series too we've only like he it's it's it works almost like a brave and a bold or, or world's finest mm-hmm. kind of uh yeah Batman setup. team up book yeah yeah so he's always with a counterpart mm-hmm. and i imagine that he doesn't need to put on airs constantly with counterparts right there's really no one else like even right. when he was talking with jenny hex a couple issues ago mm-hmm. he was batman right but when he's right. talking with uh he's the Thanagarians, with how yeah, with Hal, yeah, like yeah. it's it's very there's a there's a um there's a comfort yeah, and it's just really yeah. really fun to read because you don't get to that mutual often. respect, yeah. kind of thing. And it's you know not every comic has to be like this, but it is an exemplary uh, show of classic comic bookery. You know, just yeah. like the the sort of what you think of a baseline of what a comic is, yeah, a superhero comic anyway, um, and just done in such a great job. And and a lot of that is the art too, the art continues to be amazing and, and fun Nick, in itself. Nick Darrington is just so yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I it's it's weird. So like when something is consistently this fun and good, it's mm-hmm. hard to find new things to talk about. I don't sure. think we're saying anything revelatory like no, compared to the other issues. It's no. just like I just want to remind everybody still, this is great. It's still a good time and <laughs> this is so uh, fun. like you remember when it was fun when he was with Girl City? <laughs> Same deal when he yeah. is with Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, know? this yeah. is this is the equivalent of the 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 Chris Farley sketch. It's like, "Hey, do you remember do you remember yeah. that scene where they were really yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was my favorite too. Yeah, it was good too. Oh, uh, uh, excellent, excellent, like cliffhanger style oh, yeah. thing. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it now. He knew Vandal Savage was there. 
and when you know he gets shot at the end and he said his armor had been left in the past and i think even when he dressed up in the cowboy clothes he kept some chest armor said that so that he would attract vandal savage to shooting it and did a little misdirect with the fabergé egg uh <sighs> spoiler alert for next month's Batman universe. Uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> Batman dies in this. Uh, yeah, that's anyway. that. <laughs> um, I think that's all the books we're going to talk about today, and I know you gotta you got to bounce, but... Yeah. Um, oh, did you want to select a back issue for your know. eventual Are we supposed to do that? Because, uh, well, yeah, we're not doing a back issue book report because it was JD's homework. Right, right, and he has he is absent today, yeah. I think, because he didn't do the back issue. Roll it, man. I- I'll take something. Here we go. Here yeah, we I'll go. take it. I'll take it. Here it comes. We've got our new inaugural use of the letter oh, dice, and that is a C. C. Uh, you gotta, you gotta pick a C. I'll go find one. While you do that business, we'll talk about how you can um, help us out by rating and uh, commenting on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, be sure to j- contribute if you if you like what we're doing. Contribute to uh, Johnny Destructo's. Patreon. Um, you know what? Actually, uh, since I'm not going to be the one editing this, um, JD, why don't you toss in uh, the deets? You know what it is. Support the show by going to Patreon slash Johnny Destructo and throwing a buck in there. You can get uh, early access to shows as well as some exclusive thunder rounds that I do. So do that. Starting at a dollar. It's pretty cheap. Just give me your money. Okay, love you. Bye. Oh my goodness. What is this? Citizen V. Oh, my God. The Thunderbolts. I don't know if that is like a one-shot backstory kind of thing on him. Marvel Comics Citizen V and the V Nation? What the? What is that? Uh, It's a V and a B? That's hard to say. Why you got, why I don't think you, removing the clear plastic cover is going to help you see past the artwork I'm, I'm obscuring the, <laughs> <laughs> the title. <laughs> v Battalion. The V Battalion. Citizen V and the V Battalion, written Isn't by Fabian Nicieza and Ron, that, Michael what's this guy's Ryan. <laughs> Who are his hench people? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I'm down. Sweet. Citizen V. Wasn't, isn't Citizen V like a good bad guy or bad good guy? Uh, I don't and know Zemo, what he's isn't up. it? I think so, yeah. Never read any Citizen Z. I'm down. Or yeah. V. V. Sweet. V. Um, I don't, and I don't know where this is in his like development. Yeah, yeah, man, this is awesome. Cool, classic back issue awesome. book report. So we got, yeah, we got a good book issue, back issue book report. Um, Brian, where can the uh, noble listeners find you? Oh, they can find me at. Remember when I said I was going to spell it later in the show? That time is now. Here's the ah! gold. <laughs> this was the gold. <laughs> this is what you've been waiting yeah. for. You trudged through <laughs> all of this for. <laughs> BrianLeibDesign.com, B-R-I-A-N-L-I-E-B as in boy, design.com. You can find me there. Uh, and you can find me on the social medias, uh, uh, on Twitter at Mr. Bartocci, M-R-B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I. Uh, visit your local comic book store. Rate and reply. Send us emails. Uh, oh, all the fun stuff. Oh, and money on Patreon for JD's yeah. uh, Hero Complex. Pit. Well, this was specifically for the Maybe podcast. Specifically for the podcast. I don't know how to find it. He's also on Coffee, K-O-F-I. I don't know how to find them on there either. But uh, <laughs> we yeah, are, just type it in. I mean, we there's are a search highly function. unprepared for this part. We probably should have scripted it. But, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, um, I mean, I, then we'd I, know what we were talking about. I mean, he could probably just edit all of this out. I guess he could. But the but the raw life of it, no. <laughs> the reality. <laughs> Thank you guys so, so much for bearing with us. And we hope you didn't hate, hate. Well, actually, I hated him not being here and Len not being here. Yeah. But... We We hope hope you still kind of enjoyed enjoyed this. Because we did. (laughs) Thank you so much. Have a good one.
Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.